Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. God is good all the time. Perhaps you've been in a service, I know I have been, where the leader of the service intones in, in a strong voice, God is good all the time, and the congregation responds with, all the time, God is good. Do you remember that? Well, look, this might be a stylized, churchy sort of thing, but it's also a profound statement of truth. The older I get, the more I come to understand that this axiom lies at the foundation of so many theological and life-related issues. Now, there are two parts to the statement. The first is, God is good. This is the fundamental moral and ethical foundation of human life. God is good. He is not bad. God is love. He is not hate. God is truth. He is not lie. Of course, we will need to define what we mean by good, and we will need to establish a standard against which we can determine goodness. The second part of the statement is all the time. God is not just good some of the time, but all of the time. He is not both good and bad successively or simultaneously. God is absolutely and always good. So, right at the outset, let me give a few examples of what this means and the effect it has on our beliefs and our lives. 1. If God is consistently and absolutely good, then he cannot in any sense be bad, right? Two, if something truly bad happens to us, then we cannot and must not attribute it to God. We can't say, God knows best, his ways are higher than ours. There's no real comfort at all to the man, a woman whose daughter has recently been raped and then butchered. And it it goes further, it besmirches God and leaves the parent hopeless and doubly distraught. 3. If God cold-bloodedly killed Ananias and Sapphira, that's in Acts 5 verses 1 to 11, for lying about how they spent their own money, then why should we expect his goodness to manifest in our lives? It would be no better than living in fear of the wrath of God or not believing at all. 4. If God is not good all the time, then why should we strive or even expect to be good? The old false narrative that God's standards are different to our standards is just an unethical double standard. 5. If God has predetermined who will be saved and who is consigned to hell, then how can we equally believe the biblical statement that he wants all to be saved? Either this makes God out to be disingenuous and a fraud, or it makes the Bible to be unreliable. Take your pick. Now, there are many more examples. And I could set down all of these, I guess. But these will have to do for now. So now let's examine the two parts of the axiom I started with, and then move on to how we should establish the truth that God is good all the time. God is good. If I were not a Bible-honoring Christian, 
then I guess I would have to argue from philosophy, sociology, or just plain reasoning. If you would like to explore the intellectual idea of godless ethics, then there's a wonderful article that you can go to, and I'll give the link in my article on this, on Truth is the Word. That's a good place to start. However, I am a Bible-honoring follower of the Lord Jesus, and so I will, instead of this, argue from Scripture. Many Old Testament texts affirm that God is good, but just consider Psalm 34, verse 8. It reads, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The word Lord in the Hebrew of this text is, of course, Yahweh, the customary name for the Creator, God of Israel, and another. As with the Old Testament, there are many references to the goodness of God in the New Testament. Again, I want to focus on just one. 1 John 1 verse 5 reads, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It is quite legitimate, therefore, to say, God is good and in him is no badness at all. God is absolutely, completely light and good, and there is nothing in him that is dark and bad. God is good all the time? Yeah. Not only is God good, but he is consistently and continuously good. Not just sometimes good and sometimes bad, and not both good and bad, but always good. Listen to James 1, verses 16 to 17. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, there's a picture in this that we need to see. The picture here is a sundial, where the shadow moves over the dial as the hours progress. But God is not like that. To use the same word picture, God is like the sun at noon, where there is no movement of a shadow on the sundial. He is unchanging in his bright goodness. So then, God is good, and only good, all the time. Yet I've often read or have heard that we need to hold the goodness of God and his dark side in dynamic tension, accepting that he is both the light and dark, good and bad. He loves all people because he created them in his image, to be his eternal children. But he feels free to abuse and obliterate them when he deems that this is necessary. Look, I just can't, I can't get this. And I've got very little tolerance for this line of thought. It's kind of schizophrenic and falls foul of Isaiah's admonition, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Isaiah 5 verse 20. So now, one more important issue needs to be addressed. What is our standard for what is good? So let's talk about the standard. How do we know good from bad and truth from error? God is good, but what does that mean in terms of our standards? The first step towards answering these questions is to dispel some wrong thinking. The most common excuse for what we understand as insistence of God's misbehavior is that because he knows all things and can see the outcome of all eventualities, 
He does some things that appear bad to us, but that are necessary to achieve a good result. And please, just, just think for a moment what this says about God. Is he so limited that he cannot choose options that avoid doing anything bad? Is he selectively loving and merciful? When we try to account for the things in Scripture that God seems to do or instruct that we see as bad, then we compromise God's own stated value and besmirch his character. In addition, it opens the door to us adopting the means justifies the end thinking, which is kind of deadly, you know. It, it kind of results in, I can do anything I need to do to attain what I believe is a good result. For after all, if God does that, then surely I should be doing that too. And this end justifies the means, pollutes modern society. It's rife in our modern society. It pollutes families, it pollutes churches and personal loves. And it's prevalent in governments, businesses, and even Christian institutions. Now, an alternative to this wrong thinking is to slip into another form of wrong thinking, to accept that God has double standards. What is good for him is not necessarily good for us. God expects us to live to standards that he does not evidence. Well, there's just so much that is wrong about this line of thought. So best I just say that God does not have double standards. He is absolutely good in all his ways. So then, how do we determine good from bad? Well, the obvious answer to a Christian is, well, the scriptures, of course. That's, that's how we determine it. Sure, that's right. But that supposes that we are all able to understand the Bible correctly, whatever correctly actually, actually means to us. No, the answer must be that our means of determining good from bad is the Lord Jesus Christ as revealed in and through the scriptures. You see, if Jesus is truly God incarnate, then what he said, did, and revealed of the nature and character of the Godhead must be true. I've made the case for this many times and in many different articles and sermons and speeches. And you can find a lot of instances on my Truth is the Word website. That's truthistheword.com Okay, in conclusion, if you find yourself blaming your God for bad things, or accommodating his apparent dark side, then please, I beg you, examine your thinking. How can you have a loving relationship with a God who is fickle, disingenuous, or just plain bad? <laughs> you cannot. If your God might have chosen you or a loved one for eternal damnation, no matter what they do or are, then what kind of a God is that? If your God applies double standards or expects you to disengage your critical faculties, then what does it say about his morality and ethics? And I'm speaking here of God in little g sense, a little, little g God. And I've done that uh, on purpose because the deity that we're envisioning in these statements isn't really God at all. It's certainly not the God Almighty of the Scriptures. And he's certainly not the God embodied in Jesus of Nazareth. God is good and there is no badness in him. God is light and there is no darkness in him. 
Anything that contradicts this key maxim is a reflection of wrong thinking and incorrect biblical interpretation. Now, please do not dismiss what I have written here and what I've said here as either simply interesting or perhaps irrelevant. The nature and character of God is something that affects all doctrine and human life. Rather than moving on to the next thought that's presented to you, please stop and critically evaluate what I've been setting out before you. Look into the scriptures and question, pray and seek answers. This is a really vitally important subject, so please comment freely in the section on my website at the foot of the article, and I'll interact you with this as best I can. Just remember, God is good all the time. Amen. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth talks.